Welcome, this is Keith Parsons with Heavy Wireless, a podcast about wireless technologies. And today, my guest is Fernay Munoz. Hello, Fernay. Morning, Mr. Parsons. I thought I'd have you on to talk about uh, the process of how you built a community of Wi-Fi professionals in Latin America. Uh, well, it was kind of an accident, too. That came out of... Uh COVID, you know, after teaching virtual classes and being by myself, and I'm sure many other professionals were going through the same thing. I decided one Friday just to, after class, call a friend in Colombia, start a new Zoom session. And he was just flying his kite, that's Felipe Rangel, and he was flying a kite with his daughter in his backyard. And we just started just talking like, hey, how's it going? How's confinement? You know, how's COVID down in Colombia? And, and kind of, you know, sharing how things were. And uh, I said, you know what, maybe we should do this like every week and just start gathering, you know, other guys and just talk without any pressure that uh, it's a business meeting or anything. Just talk like you do after a long week of working, whatever you're doing. And uh, that's how it started. So we invited people to the second meeting of Tesos in Wi-Fi. That's how we called the group. And he said, second one, you know, many people jumped and said, how come I would invite you to the first one? So, well, no, the first was the first just chit chat we had. And, and so we started, we had like a hundred people join the second one. And that's kind of like how it snowballed into 135 sessions now. Well, 135 is a very impressive weekly number. Let's, let's go back to the beginning when you first started. Uh, going from one to 100 after the first week means you must have had some list that you had built so you could even invite those hundred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over the years, you know, people we met in the industry in classes and in just uh, conferences and things. We I had a, a list of people that I just I just sent it out to everybody. Said, hey, let's just get together and talk. And that's kind of like how it started. And, it, and people started joining. Like, hey, I have a friend. How do I uh, add him to the list? They just give me his personal email address because we tried, and many people just send. Uh, business emails but then in this industry people move around a lot so many people just you know the emails bounce so i said just give me a personal one and that's how we started we just use email. that's basically how we uh send this invite the email and you know those who can join and those who can just watch it later we record all sessions and put it on uh, our youtube channel and people can watch the sessions later so this is Video recorded? What what application do you use underlying to carry this? I just use Zoom. I don't have any special uh, recording gear or anything. I just start a Zoom session, save it to the cloud, and then I download it. Sometimes we have to edit things out because uh, what I wanted to do with this community was to have a group of professionals that we could just talk you know, about anything uh, and if there are things that cannot be recorded and uploaded, like, let me just give you a, uh, an example. I had a guy who did a presentation and then he was talking to us that, you know, he was switching jobs, uh, but he didn't want any of that to be disclosed, of course, because he was still with his current employer and he didn't want to uh, spill the beans about moving to a different company. So we just talked about it, gave him some recommendations. He asked some questions, some advice. And of course, all those things would just stay within us, not recorded, not uploaded. So sometimes we have to do that. And uh, that's the only editing we do. I just download it and uh, use my QuickTime player, edit the videos, cut out. Or sometimes 
uh, guys are sharing uh, projects or asking questions or asking for help about specific client of theirs. And we don't show, but we try to keep privacy, you know, to the highest and uh, not disclose anything, show any screenshots or names or IP addresses or anything like that. So sometimes we remove the video out of the uh, sessions and just uh, leave audio, or sometimes we just remove it altogether. So that's basically it. We don't have any special gear or any special software to do anything. Just what we have is some YouTube. So how did you go from... Uh, the idea that just a bunch of friends like going to a pub after work on a Friday to having way more people than would fit in a pub on your events. Is, yeah, is, well, is there some like, do you have a problem with uh, CSMA CD going on there? No, sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes there's discussions, but the, uh, the, uh, the purpose of each meeting is to not only like, just talk, but sometimes share something specific. And some guys say, hey, I got something that I learned that I like to share. And then we we announce the session, you know, 24, 48 hours prior, and then announce what it's gonna be about. If not, we just say, hey, this is an open session and people just come in and help. Uh, we had all other sessions that were not planned. Like somebody once uh, via WhatsApp uh, sent me a message, say, hey, uh, you know, I'm having problems configuring a Sonos sound system with a Cisco uh, network. And I said, well, you know, I don't know of either, but here, let's do this. Let's create a, a session right now. I just send out an invite and within minutes, we had like, you know, five guys joined in and we say like, you know, live session, uh, we have such and such nice. needs help with this. And those who knew about it just jumped in and helped. And we the minute we kind of gave a you know, pretty good set of ideas and things to test, and it ended up being uh, MDNS. So we turned this into also a, a group of people that help each other anytime, any day when it's necessary. So we had many of those, many live sessions just on the spot. But it needs help on a job site. They just uh, uh, let me know we start a session and off we go. Okay, I think you've you've got to a point where I would determine that as success. You have a community that's willing to help each other. Can we back up and how did you go from just that first, second, third, tenth call to grow the group so that they would feel that the comfort with each other enough to be able to uh, ask those questions or to be open enough to help others? I think it mainly uh, got that strength from. People just sharing without that that pressure that my boss is listening, that this is another business meeting. And just giving the attendees the, the certainty that privacy matters to us and that we can just share anything. We can ask for help. Uh, and that's I think that's one of the big uh, obstacles we have in learning is that we're afraid to ask because they must say like, wait, you're a Wi-Fi guy. You don't know what that means, you know. Uh, so we kind of broke that barrier that we're not experts, that we're all learning. And uh, not that I was the one who started it, but I, I'm honestly just learning Wi-Fi every day. And that's what I try to transmit to them is that, because I had many that say like, no, I, I, I haven't enjoyed because I, I don't know anything about Wi-Fi or I'm no expert at it. I'm just learning and I'm afraid to talk or, or present. And I think it was breaking that barrier about knowledge and allowing people to just ask questions and then others who knew the answer just you know answer them 
So I think that's what made the group more interesting and more people keep coming. And uh, some of the challenges we faced at the beginning was finding a time that would work because this is not just like Latin America. We think that Spanish only, you know, Mexico and Colombia and all these countries on this side, but Spain, you know, keep in mind that Spain is a big contributor in this field. And we have a lot of, lot of these guys in the community that are from Spain. Uh, we try to do it Friday afternoons, but then it was like midnight for, for Spain guys. And we try to do mornings. That was difficult as well. So we kind of settle on 11 a.m. mountain time. And then from there, you know, those who can join, you know, will just come in and, and participate. So is that like uh, six GMT? Yeah, six, seven. Yeah. And then, of course, we have guys also from Brazil who, who joined. We had some guys from Portugal because you know, they they speak uh, Portuguese, but they understand Spanish and they can speak it. So we have this from all over the place, basically here from the United States. Many of the uh, uh, like Fernando uh, Ernesto Fernandez, you know, he's a guy from a, a Dominican Republic, but he lives in Orlando. Uh, we have Adrian Granados from Costa Rica, but lives in Melbourne, Florida. And we have guys from Texas and all over the place that speak Spanish. And they also join lots of contributors from Mexico, from Central America. We have from all over from South America, Argentina, Chile. We have guys from Venezuela and Colombia and Ecuador and Peru. And then many again from, from, from Spain and Portugal. So it's, it is grown and it keeps growing. And I, and I think that's uh, one of the exciting, exciting things is that we can have experts from different fields, not only Wi-Fi, but just wireless in general. We have a guy from Argentina that he all he does is just point to points and he's on licensed space, but he's he's shared with us quite a bit of knowledge. And we have guys from switching and routing and guys from uh, Wi-Fi and guys from uh, security. And we have Aruba experts and we have Cisco experts and everybody just uh, participates and contributes, you know, as they can. Well, sounds like you've you've achieved definitely a great level of success. If someone else was in a different country, different language, Italian, Russian, you know, subcontinent in India how would how would you recommend that they go about building the same type of community you did but for their specific language oh um that's quite simple uh uh Jan from Italy he came to our uh, first meetings and now he has his own group he he uh gathers guys from Italy and uh, I guess he just needs you just have to know listings and just who to contact because uh Every country is going to go through the same thing. And I know uh, guys in, in, in the Netherlands have built kind of like a community as well. Uh, anybody in any uh, region can just build their own uh, in their own language, because that's one of the challenges that we face was, you know, most everything is in English. And, and yes, we can read and all the technical documents are in English. So most of the guys in the field kind of get by with the written form, but speaking it, it's, it can be challenging. So doing it in your local language helps a lot. And I guess you just have to reach out to the groups. I know major vendors, uh, Cisco, uh, Aruba, they have the Airheads community and they have uh, forms to kind of like start forming the groups. Just reaching out and, and, and establish uh, an hour that is convenient for the local uh, guys and just share knowledge. That's that's mainly 
the what you need is the desire to share what you know and have others participate and contribute because it's just hard to be an expert on everything. So it's nice to have this group of friends that you can just talk about anything or ask for help whenever you need it. So sounds like COVID was a good thing for this. Kind of kind of triggered it. It was. It was uh, definitely. Uh, I would have never thought of this happening. And of course, it's not like I woke up one day thinking, "Oh, maybe I should start a group and have a community." It just happened as kind of like a desperation of loneliness and and being confined for so long. And and it just came to the point that uh, in this room uh, means you just want to away from sharing friends all over the world, just talking about stuff. Just not only. Uh, Wi-Fi stuff, but just in general, you know, we we had good times and we have laughed and shared and and talk about many other things. And it, it, we have definitely built a, a community that you feel like you need to talk to them every week. So just part of the of that whole process, just bringing the humans out of every expert on every field. You know, sharing with about family, about hobbies, about you know your country and about other things. That just would make these. Uh, a more uh, enticing community. More more real world. So are there yeah. off-limit topics? Like when you have a, a family get together sometimes for holidays, you go, okay, nobody can talk about religion or politics. Is there any off-topics that you don't allow? Um, well, we try to keep, you know, language clean, you know, because there are kids sometimes listening to the background. Sometimes guys are driving around with their family going somewhere, and that's when they join the meetings. Um, we try to stay away from religion and politics altogether because we have people from all faiths. We have people from all political orientations. And we also try to just stay away from anything that is controversial. You know, transgender and, and all kind of uh, sports can be a very hard topic, <laughs> believe it or not, you know. So, yeah, we can you know joke about things, but sometimes we just pause the the recordings and whatever we need to talk that it needs to be kept private. Then we just are conscious of others, you know, sur being surrounded by families and kids around. So we just try to keep it, you know, professional without the pressure of you know keeping it in a kind of like in a business environment. We just want to be as, as uh, loose as possible. That makes me think of a, a question for you. Do you have any employer, employees, both on your call? So somebody's boss is actually on the same call with them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we do have a, a company in Mexico, CN Networks, uh, that uh, the uh, boss, you know, one of the uh, uh, main stakeholders, he invites his guys to attend, which I think is great because we learn so much in these groups that uh, they know the value of it and they actually uh, promote it and allow their employees to participate. But in other places, they're like, oh, I couldn't because, you know, I had meetings and, and it's difficult to attend at this time. But those who understand the value of these meetings and these gatherings, they just participate. And I'll, uh, allow their employees to participate, but there is there is some pressure sometimes that that they may have because you know their boss is in the call. But for the most part, I haven't felt that, and uh, that's been one of my main goals is to have everybody there just be another participant, you know, and and just keep it professional to the to the extent that we just want to share knowledge and and just 
uh, have everybody share what they know without fear. Because many say like, oh, I, I don't know anything. And, and it's like, well, you have to know something. And that's how we have come to learn many things like the most of the um, filter buttons you were with uh, Jerry and I when we kind of discovered that going through the WLPC preparations. And it all came of the one of this uh, test meeting. So what someone thinks is just some silly thing that I know for another person might be like the uh, a big part of uh, of learning for every week. So the um, the knowledge that is shared is is limitless. And again, many people cannot attend. We don't have a hundred people every week. We have 20, we have 15, sometimes we have four or five, sometimes we have 30 changes. But since they're recorded, people just go back and I keep getting messages all the time. You know, thanks for those sessions. I solved the problem I was struggling with just by listening to one of the sessions because all we try to do is just uh, like live things and learning experiences that we have on a daily basis. So every time we come across something interesting, we share it. We just post it out there and somebody else will benefit from it. So how's, I mean, how do you take that, I'll call it metadata, about what was in a session so that someone could search on it? Uh, just an example, your filter in, in Wireshark, it's now posted, it's on one of your YouTube channels. How would someone find that specific episode? Mm. Well, you know what, that's one of the kind of struggles I've had myself with it. Um, I try to get like the main topics of the session and then just put it on the title of the video the title of the uh, blog, because I also create a blog on the Wi-Fi of things.com. And then I just link all of them together. And then on top of that, uh, I send a uh, an email to all the group. We have about 650 members that receive these emails on a weekly basis. Uh, they receive one email for the invitation to the session with the Zoom link. And then they receive another email with the link for the recording and also a summary of what we talked about the uh, the session. You know, it's on the title and then we post it on Twitter and on LinkedIn and Facebook. So that's kind of like one of my struggles is trying to find time to do all of it. But so far, it's been successful in doing it. You just have to take about an hour every week to to all the preparation and all the post session editing and postings. And then we get the, uh, the information on one website. I don't have um, a place like where you can easily search. I don't really know how people find us, you know, but I've had even work came out of this. Like I had a, a, a warehouse that I ended up doing uh, in Dominican Republic out of somebody that just searched on YouTube for something I don't, I've never asked him what he searched on, but then um, he can say, "I saw your sessions and I saw your group, and you know, I I just need help." So many many guys from like Spain, for instance, they needed to get some work done in the Caribbean. So through the group, they say, "Hey, anybody you know down in, in Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic can help with some surveys." And then some of the guys jumped and said, "Yeah, I am. I live here and I can do it for you." So work has come out of this. It's not just chit chat. It's just your opportunities have come out of this group. How about, how about employment opportunities? Do people post jobs? I mean, is that a feature that shows yeah, up? Yeah, I actually had a couple of, uh, of guys that were looking for, uh, for people to hire. And I posted it and you know, they ended up having some of the group. So yeah, it, it also happens. A again, this is, this is more of a group of you know, guys talking. 
And, you know, that's how you meet with friends. Hey, I need help with this project. And somebody else jumps in. Oh, I know how to do that. Or I know somebody who can do that. And that's how we kind of spread the word about about things and about uh, projects and things like that. So it's it's definitely a, a group of friends that just happen to be in the Wi-Fi and networking fields. So how do you take people who are just contacts, there it's an email, and you send them email inviting them, and then you just refer to them as friends. What's the how how did that change happen from just a professional acquaintance that you happen to see on LinkedIn to where there's a trust there that says, oh, I could call Fernay up and ask him for some help or obviously anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I guess at the beginning, we all have to trust someone and uh, building the community at the beginning. That was part of the uh, part of the challenges that people came, but they were kind of scared to talk because, hey, you're from Cisco and I'm an Aruba guy or I'm a ruckus guy. And, you know, are you going to think if I say something about about this and and I, we try to break those barriers since the beginning. Uh, and I, I guess the the point when you start going from just being an acquaintance and and somebody that happens to be in the same field to just being friends is when we start sharing more about ourselves and and we start actually like when I went to Spain uh, last year, I went and visited some of the guys that I had met online. Uh, and, you know, I had the chance to go and eat and have drinks and, and, and talk and have, have like quality time with them just outside of the sessions. And, uh, that's how you start, you know, building this community. It's just like, I think breaking those barriers, those professional barriers that kind of like keeps us so uptight into the business world. And yeah, I, I can say that many of these guys that I met online, I had a chance to meet in person and, and, and I can call them friends, you know, cause you just get to a point that you can even share and ask for advice on many things that they can ask for advice. And then we start kind of building that trust on, on many aspects, not just the professional knowledge that we share, but just the personal aspects of life. Well, it sounds like a lot of this was centered in the beginning around you. Has it, has it, your community grown to a point where Fernay doesn't need to be involved. Oh yeah, and uh, and I think that's been my goal since the beginning. And because uh, sometimes I had class and say, "Oh, should we skip it?" Like, no. Uh, I think my definition of success with this community is that it can keep going even with, if if I'm not around. If I cannot start a session, they can talk, and and they've demonstrated that it it, it happens. That's basically I feel successful because. This is not for Nays community. This is just that community. Uh, Spanish speakers from all over the world gather and talk and share and get help and ask for help and, and get support from each other, regardless of backgrounds. Many are integrators. They don't work specifically for a vendor, but they provide support for many vendors. So that's the, the wealth of knowledge that we have is that we're not bound to a brand. And this is kind of uh, also fo uh, following the, the steps of, of the communities like WLPC that have been built uh, in the US and in Europe. And we have like these big clusters, but now we're just breaking it more into smaller groups and into regions. And again, not bound just to uh, Wi-Fi, but anything in, in technology. So what's uh, Tesos? Is that how you say it? Tesos, yeah. What does it mean? Uh, that's uh, since a I don't speak Spanish, it might be an actual, actual real world. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a teso is a person that is like skilled on something. So it's a very Colombian word. I had to explain this to many people. Say, what, what is tesos? So tesos is the plural for teso. And teso is just basically a group of people skilled at something. You know, if you're teso in Wi-Fi, then you're skilled Wi-Fi. If you're teso at whatever job that you do, then that's what it is. And just kind of like simple. And my wife doesn't like it. She's like, that's stupid. Why do you use that word? Like, you know, because I don't know, we just came out with that. And and it's easy. It's easy to pronounce. doesn't have any R's in it. So <laughs> those who speak English can say tesos without any problem. So that's what it is. Well, we, we started off and kind of glossed at the very beginning over the technology you use. Uh, but if you had, you know, most of us are used to Zoom. We've used it for a long time with smaller numbers. Was there a reason you went with Zoom even when you have, you know, 60, 80 people on? Is How is that as a platform? Does it still meet your needs? Yeah, I think so far. Well, we started with Zoom because that's the only thing I knew. I had been using it for virtual classes uh, for a long time. And uh, I have the account. Um, it was, I'm, I'm used with the platform. So I, I find, I found it simple enough for anybody to just join and participate. And, uh, we, even though we, we can have 30 people in it, we, we try to, we, I don't think we had any issues with, you know, too many people or talking over each other. We, we respect that. And since we try to keep videos on that helps. So it's a conversation that, is uh, is kept with simple technology that I think at this point everybody's used Zoom one way or another, and and that's what kind of like make makes it uh, even simpler for people to join. You just send them the link and they join. That's it. I know in uh, in your virtual classes, sometimes you have a hard time getting people to leave their camera on for that feedback. Do people in Tesos usually leave leave their cameras on? No, it's, I, I think it's the same struggles because some of them may be at work, still doing other things. But um, for the most part, uh, it's just a, a group that leaves them on all the time. I had like uh, ladies, we have a lot of girls also join the group, which is not very common in, in our technology world. And uh, sometimes they're like, oh, I haven't done my hair. It's like, ah, oh, come on, you know, we're just, you know. Uh, guys talking about uh, Wi-Fi or talking about stuff, so don't worry about the looks or anything. But yeah, that's that's the same struggle. Just trying to have people turn their cameras on. So what's what's next for Tesos? You're gonna, I mean, you're, you said you're up to 135 weeks. Uh, have you had missed any weeks? Holidays, vacations, whatever. Oh no, we like. Uh, I think it was la not last year, but the year before uh, Friday, because we do it on Fridays. Was the the New Year's Eve. We met and some guys were cooking in Spain, you know, a New Year's uh, dinner and stuff. And uh, we still meet. We meet regardless. Like this Friday was, um, how do you call it? Uh, oh, Holy Friday. Friday or Big Good Friday. Yeah, we still met. Uh, we try to do it regardless. Even uh, I've done it, like I've been on vacation at the beach and I started a session. Then we start talking about Wi-Fi and, you know, looking at APs and and, and talking about hotel Wi-Fi and and guys jump in. And I think most of the very, very good sessions were improvised. Just, you know, they came out of nowhere, not planned. We start talking about something, somebody else comes in. Uh, and basically most of the sessions, they just start with someone saying, like, oh, you know, I had this struggle this week, you know, I have this problem. And then people start contributing, even after the fact, not only attendees, 
I've had many, I, I can't, I don't remember how many times people have written, send me an email and say, Hey, I saw somebody posted and talked about this. You know, I had the same mission. This is how I solved it. And then we send that back, you know, to whoever initiated the, the question and it just keeps going. You know, we've talked about DFS and we've talked about MDNS and Sonos and sound systems and IoT and uh, point to points and switching and, and clear paths. Again, you know, like we have a lot of the um, Aruba experts in the team and they've done great presentations about topics that, you know, maybe you have to be on a specific class to learn about it, but we just get to the point and, and, and share that with the group. Here's kind of a, a, a question that's tied to WLPC. One of the things we do in the conference is we send out votes and people have to choose uh, who they would like to, to see and hear from, because we have way more people who, who would like to present than get to present. In your Tesos group, do you offer people the chance to present early so they can get that practice and get their name out there a little bit? Absolutely, yes. And I try to incentivize people and say, hey, just tell me, you know, what you want to present about. And uh, they have, you know, uh, the chance to uh, prepare a presentation or sometimes they just improvise, you know, you just come on site and then we just start talking again. I, we try to keep it in a way that is there's, there's no pressure that they have to have a format that they have to have a presentation. They have to have, you know, a sketch like, no, just come and talk and, and share. And, and we just do it live guys just share, you know, a controller. Like for instance, we wanted, I want, I needed to learn how to do uh, something on Aruba and a guy just logged into a controller and shared and showed us step-by-step how to do it. So uh, everybody's got, many have home labs. Uh, many have their environments where they do their daily tasks and they just share whatever application they use or whatever uh they are experts at and they just share it and do it live. So that's one of the, of the advantages of it. They don't have to be prepared, but we give them a chance. Yeah, they can prepare. And sometimes they just come up and say, you know, I went to this class and I learned this and I want to share it. Sure. Then they come and share that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And speaking of WLPC, you know, this has also helped a lot in, uh, in promoting that because many of these guys that we, uh, at a WLPC Mexico came from Tesos. I had never met him in person. Uh, we met through Tesos and they went and they, we shook hands and met for the first time at the, um, at the conference in, in Mexico. Now we're going to do it again in, in Colombia this year and, and later in Mexico again. That's going to be like our home for, for Mexico is going to be Mexico City for WLPC. Sounds great. Now, what if somebody who's listening to this isn't focused really on Wi-Fi, they're more on switch routing, other technologies. Do you talk about non-Wi-Fi-ish things or other wireless, IoT, et cetera? All the time. That's the other thing that we try to make this group not just about Wi-Fi, but about anything, about technology, about, uh, uh, again, switching, routing, clear paths and radius. All those topics have been discussed. Um, many of the uh, guys in the group are not Wi-Fi guys. They just you know heard about us or they came across a topic that was in their field and then they started coming and many have uh, garnished interest for Wi-Fi in the group and they started learning Wi-Fi in the group. So, and they're passionate about it. So that's one of the things is that this, uh, a community like this is not just about the topic that you talk about, 
we're Wi-Fi, but there are many other things. And it just just put this into perspective. If, you know, if you're a switching guy, then you know, create, I don't know, a switching community or just a group of guys that do what you do and then uh start promoting it and and it starts growing interest. You're going to find people from all over the world that will participate. We had guys, uh, I had a, a, a couple of guys from uh, Russia. They say, oh, I listen to your to your sessions. Like, but it's in Spanish. So like, wow, oh, you know, there is all kind of prescription tools out there. And, and YouTube has the option for uh, closed captions and things like that, that will translate what you guys are talking about. So people even that don't speak Spanish are benefiting from this. Amazing, Frenet. I appreciate your time today telling us about how you uh, built this community, and we look forward to seeing it grow even in the future. Uh, how, if someone wanted to join or to contact you, what's the, you know, what's your links? How do you, how do you join Tesos? Uh, the website is thewi5ofthings.com. That's where we post every session. Uh, my email uh, is just you know, frenet75 at gmail.com. That's how they reach out. And I'll just add them to the list and start receiving uh, invitations. So that's it's that simple. I love simple. It works great. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time today, Fernay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.